everybody. How you doing? Well, that's good. Welcome to the Broad Street Hockey Green Room Live post game. My name is Bill Matz. I'm your director of fun and games for the evening. Uh, Flyers are one and zero in the Owen Tippett era. Everyone was pretty interested to see how they would look uh, with Owen Tippett in the lineup. How he would look after you know just joining the team. He was in Charlotte just yesterday before the trade. Uh, I was impressed with Owen Tippett. I liked what I saw. Uh, obviously, they need to go out and acquire more high end talent. I don't think he has star potential, but uh, definitely has another level that could be unlocked potentially. Uh, just getting more opportunity and uh, change of circumstances, whatever. He was a top 10 pick in 2017. Uh, he is still young. I liked what I saw. It's one game and everything, but, uh, you know, he had a nice setup on a potential Wilman goal, um, a few shots of his own that had a chance. Good hustle. Looked like he moved his feet well. I liked what I saw out of Max Wilman. Uh, fourth line looked good. That was fun to see. Um, continue to be impressed by uh, Zach McEwen, no matter what. And Max Willman, although he, uh, although Patrick Brown had that uh, had that gaff to lead to the first goal, I thought the fourth line overall looked pretty good. Um, JVR on that breakaway, I've never been more sure a guy wasn't going to score than JVR there. Uh, some people were impressed on Twitter with Morgan Frost today. I just think the bar is so low with him that anything he does that isn't a disaster, people are like, oh, it's something to build on. Maybe. Maybe now that it's kind of like <sighs> everyone can exhale. The uh, the impending dark cloud over the team has moved on. The Drew trade is done. Everyone knows what it is now, and everyone can just move on with their lives. Uh, I'm sure everyone will want to talk about the Drew trade today, and we absolutely can get into that. Finally, it's just good to see Kevin Hayes healthy. Kevin Hayes looks like himself again, and that's a great sign. As much as I was on the uh, the side of I want to see Kevin Hayes sit out, I want to see Kevin Hayes get fully healthy. Um, if he's able to play himself back into some shape before the offseason and hit the ground running next year, that will certainly help with this uh, aggressive retool in an attempt to be a contender as soon as next season. All right, that's all I have from today's game. I'm sure people want to talk about the trade and everything. So let's get into it. Let's lead things off with Harris Barnes. Harris, you're live on the post game. Um, the Flyers generated more chances. That's cool. Uh, Tippett looked good. I it's hard for me to watch games where the Islanders are involved. They're so boring to me. I mean, that was just that was a that was a scrimmage they just played. Like there were some there were some things that happened. You're like, oh, okay, yeah, the, a couple of tippet shots, the tippet set up to Wilman, the JVR breakaway. Uh, obviously, Hayes' two goals were nice, but my God, nothing happened in that game. Like I love Matt Barzell, but like they've coached everything out of him. <laughs> He'll show these like nice rushes and whatnot, but like I would rather have Barzell just on pretty much any other team, at least teams in the States. Um, but like it's just he's not even that exciting other than like he'll have a couple of nice zone entries and like I don't like one nice stick handle, one nice stick handle a game just to show you it's still there, and then he's just another islander. Oh, man, that team and the Islanders brand to me is boring. I mean, I know you like the, the goal song that they've used and like that's cool and whatnot, but um, like they're just not exciting at all to me. Uh, My favorite part of the game was uh, Barry Trotz complaining about neutral zone interference oh, yeah. as if that's not his strategy. Like, what was he called? Like, was he mad about gimmick infringement? Like, what? what are you mad about? That's the game of hockey you coach. Yeah, you can make a case that they won their – both of their second round series the past two years against um, the Flyers in Boston 
in major part because they didn't get called for many penalties and they were yeah. interfering the, the entire time. 100%. Like when people talk about quote unquote playoff hockey, that's what they mean. Clutching and grabbing and interference and all that shit's legal. And that's the Barry Trot system. It, well, at least like the other teams at least have exciting offensive talent. Like the Islanders like, yeah. do illegal shit and like don't have exciting players or, or they coach out the excitement out of their players. It's the it's the whole problem I have with like the forced parody of the NHL. It's like, well, how are these players supposed to defend these awesome guys? They're not. That's the point of being fucking awesome, that they can't defend you. Like there shouldn't be anything that evens the playing field. What's the point of being awesome then? But, you know, that's just the NHL in a nutshell. Do you think Braun goes to like Minnesota tomorrow? He's a Minnesota native. Minnesota could use another right shot defenseman. Like it would make sense. Yeah, I think Minnesota is definitely on the table. Uh, according to Chuck Fletcher, there's multiple teams calling about Justin Braun. I don't doubt it. I think it's going to be hilarious when they get more for Justin Braun than they did for Claude Giroux. Um, just based on the prices that some of these defensemen are going for. I'm only half joking when I say that, but I'm really looking forward to some more moves getting done. Like they have to trade Braun. They have to trade Broussard. They just have to open up some spots. I don't even care who fills these spots on the roster. They just can't move forward with these guys. They need the second round picks that they're going to get for them to be able to make trades this off season. Yeah. Cause like, I mean, I guess Colorado's still an option for Braun. I think Minnesota makes a lot of sense. The Kings just picked up Stetcher. I don't think they'll want Braun. Uh, they brought up Jersey and Spence and those guys look good. Um, I don't think Braun goes anywhere in the East. I don't think he's going to want to go to Canada. So, like, I would think Colorado or Minnesota, right? Yeah, uh, Colorado's always made sense. I've thought that for a while just because of what they want to add and what they need the most help with. Uh, thanks a lot, Harris. It's, um, but yeah, Minnesota, that whole central division, you know, you can never have enough defensemen in the playoffs. Justin Braun's a guy who's been to a Stanley Cup final. He's been on playoff runs with the Sharks, uh, obviously went to the second round with the Flyers a couple of years ago. Uh, he's exactly what teams are looking to add at the deadline. Like, obviously, you know, if you can make a big splash, you, you get a star level player if you can. Absolutely. But just thinking about moves you see every year, like Justin Braun is that sort of dude. Uh, let's go to Patrick Reed Miller. Patrick, you're live. Hey, Bill, how you doing? What's up today, Patrick? Well, I mean, I guess a couple <laughs> of points. I guess next season looks a little bit less bleak because it looks like the old Kevin Hayes is back. So that's a little comforting. <laughs> Yeah, if, if if Hayes is healthy, like, that's just one of those, you know, there's a lot of assumptions you have to make to make the logic jump that this team's actually going to be able to be good next year. Like, assumption number one is the three injured players, their 1C, their 2C, and their 1D, come back healthy. At least one of those guys is showing us that that's on the table. Like, I'm not saying – I don't know if Ellis or Couturier can come back healthy. Maybe they do, but at least one of those guys – like, okay, we can pencil him in. He looks like he's good to go. Um, the other assumptions, obviously, they go out and get some high-end talent. They rebuild this defense somehow, et cetera, et cetera. But at least one of those things that they have control over at this moment, Kevin Hayes, it looks like it's going well. Oh, yeah. I mean, I guess since he just got here, I'm not going to be mad at Owen Tippett. I want him to succeed here. Like, I, I, I just hope he does at this point. Like, I'm not going to be mad about it. Yeah, no, I mean, Owen Tippett looked good today. I want him to be good. Uh, I don't think he's going to be the star-level player they're looking for, but uh, if he's got the ability to rip the puck like we saw a few times today, he made a few smart plays, he had that centering pass to Willman, 
He looked decent today. If he can just be a contributor, um, contribute on a second or third line, score some goals, play on the power play, that's cool. Uh, it's it's a start. It's something at least. And I guess lastly, I guess I, I want to talk about Giroux. I just I'm just mad because I just feel like they failed that man so bad. And I don't know if you've seen all the stuff like supposedly like yeah that I don't I don't want to talk about other podcasts on here, but I I don't want to listen to that Snowdegoli how they say that it was his fault. Like I refuse because like Claude Giroux gave everything here, and it's just like it makes me nervous about what Chuck Fletcher's going to do next. Like what moves is this man going to make? <laughs> no, and that's been and thanks a lot, Patrick. And that's been um, the concern I've had with the way they're going to handle this off season is like the way they've prioritized things so far, you know, Claude Giroux, according to reports, asks for assurances he'll be brought back this off season. And they say, no, they hand Rasmus Rista line in five years and $25 million. It's like, well, I don't know if it's the best thing in the world to bring back G, but just looking at, you know, this team, Who's a better hockey player? And it ain't close. The answer is Claude Giroux. The guy wants to come back. You need talented players. He's still your best forward. Uh, he can't be. If you're looking to contend, he can't be your best forward. And like I, I see both 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 parties were in a tough spot here. Uh, Claude Giroux never wanted to be traded, never demanded a trade, never asked for a trade. But it was presented to him that we would like to trade you and get something back for you. He wanted to come back. The team's not sure they want him back. They definitely don't know at what price they want him back. Uh, and so both parties did what they could with what they were given. Uh, it's hard to really blame either side for me. It's just kind of like, eh, this is what happens. This is what happens when you serially underachieve for a decade, when your last two seasons go to absolute shit, and you have to trade your longest tenured captain. Like, no one's going to be happy. And we talked about that yesterday after the trade went down. No matter what they got, 4G – no one was going to like, it was always going to be underwhelming because of what we feel about G uh, beyond just his on ice production. It was always going to be underwhelming. And from Chuck Fletcher's standpoint, I understand. I don't want to guarantee Claude Giroux. I'm going to bring him back. If that's maybe not part of my plan, uh, especially when you're working with limited cap space, granted, in part because of some contracts you yourself have handed out. But regardless, you're working with limited cap space. You know you have to go out and acquire high-end talent, line one caliber talent. Uh, you know, what if they have an opportunity to get Goudreau and someone else, and it's like, well, but we guaranteed Giroux, so we can only afford one of these guys. And it's like, I want Giroux back, sure, at the right price, obviously. I don't want him back for 7 or $8 million, but, um, you know. If if they were to give him the if they were to have given him the twenty five and a half million over five years that they gave uh, Rasmus Ristolainen, and I wouldn't think twice about it. But it's just a shit situation for everyone involved. Involved. Um, it, it sucks that this is what it came down to. I don't blame Giroux because, like I said, he never asked to be traded. Never wanted wanted to be traded. Never complained outwardly about the shit line mates, shit teammates he was given, the you know, having to carry the team basically through his prime, him, Voracek, Wayne Simmons, uh, and basically nobody else for, for years. Um, he just went out and did his job. He played every night, played hurt, gave us everything. And from Chuck Fletcher's standpoint, that's all well and good, but I'm trying to build a winner so I can keep my fucking job. You know, like it's all, it's just a bad situation. We were always going to be upset about it. Warren Brody, Warren, you're live on the post game. 
Hi, Bill. You know, I'm, I'm just going, Warren. I'm just, I'm good. I'm good. I'm wondering if part of this is Chuck Fletcher challenging some of his younger players to step up now that Drew isn't there. Maybe it's good that it's not Drew's team to get Konechny and Barbie to the level that they need them to be. They need to be the guys. And maybe maybe you're right about that, Warren. Maybe it's I really think the last uh, you know since since we really started talking about Giroux getting traded, since it's been a media narrative, I do think there's like been a cloud hanging over things, and it started to lift on Thursday when they honored him with the thousandth game and everything, and then uh, you know the trade actually comes down and. It's like, okay, everyone knows what it is now. We welcome Owen Tippett into the locker room. He's part of the team now. He's part of the plan going forward. And guys like Farabee and uh, and Travis Konechny can kind of take on a bigger role. Because even though they're – like Travis Konechny's not a young guy anymore. He's supposed to be in the prime of his career. When you're in a locker room with the guys who are wearing letters on their sweaters, like Jake Voracek, like Claude Giroux, all these players who've been here forever, it probably is hard to step to another level in terms of leadership, and that could affect your on-ice play. I don't doubt that maybe that's the case. I think we've seen that from Travis Sanheim the last several months. He's taken more of a, an aggressive role. Uh, on it, you know, where be, you know, before some of these guys, maybe they're watchers, you know, but maybe they're now it's their time. Yeah, maybe, and that's uh, that's a great point with Sandheim. I thought he was good again today. Uh, he's been he's been what I've wanted him to be recently. I don't want him doing anything but playing aggressive and looking to create offense. That's what he's good at. That's what he's best suited for. I don't want him doing anything else. Um, I wish they had a better partner for him than Ristolainen because Ristolainen is not a stay-at-home defenseman as much as they want him to be. But if they gave him a drawn type, or if they just said, fuck it, put him with Provorov, like uh, just something to allow him to open up his game even more, uh, I would be uh, – I'm all for that because hey, I'm liking what I'm seeing. Hey, Bill, can you, uh, can you ask Charlie if there's any truth? I heard that this guy Ben Myers, a rookie free agent in the college ranks who played in the Olympic team, U.S. Olympic team, that the Flyers are in the mix for him. You maybe uh, yeah, kind of look I, into it'll that. Come up. I'm sure we're I'm sure we're gonna uh, talk about you know some roster moves and thanks a lot, Warren. Uh, we're gonna talk about some upcoming roster moves on uh, BSH Radio this week. I don't know when we're recording. I'm going to push for uh, now. It doesn't even matter if we record on game days because the games are pointless. Um, maybe Tuesday morning we can record BSH Radio. I'm gonna see. I'm gonna see if I can get them to agree to that so it's right after the trade deadline and everything uh but yeah uh, i'm sure the flyers are going to be on listen they need they need help everywhere they need help on all their lines on offense all their d pairings need help and they could really use another goaltender too so um i'm sure they're going to be in on especially like a college free agent doesn't cost you anything but money uh and not a ton of money you you don't have to give up assets all it is is a, is a roster spot, a contract spot. So uh, I'm sure they're going to be in on uh, college free agents. Let's go to Barry Schaefer. Barry, you're live on the post game. Hey, Bill. How you doing? How's it going today, Barry? You know, well, first off, I love weekend matinees. But earlier today, I was seeing – I saw a tweet from the Florida Panthers about Radko Gudis and hits, and I responded to the tweet joking that imagine if he was paired with Robert Haig, and less than 10 minutes later, <laughs> I see a Sarah Volley tweet – 
I, I can't believe that as they go into a playoff run, the third pair that G's going to be playing with could be Hagen Gudis. Like, that is incredible. I just, like, the the eras of Claude Giroux's career, like, represented by this team, uh, the Florida Panthers, like, Sergei Bobrovsky from early in his career, Gudis and Haig, like, overlapping, but also two different times. Like, it's just, it's really funny. Uh, them, them getting Robert Haig is very, very funny. And speaking of draft return, I was watching a guy who I really, really wanted a couple years ago today in J.G. Paggio. Man, am I glad we did not pay that price. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, you win some, you lose some. Yeah, I just, with this trade and the G thing, and I think the, the funniest thing is, like, how the two sides being honest hurt themselves so much. Now, maybe it, it helps preserve their credibility moving forward, but, like, Chuck not willing to, like, basically looking G in the eye and saying, no, I can't guarantee you're coming back. And G not pretending that he was entertaining Florida or I'm sorry, Colorado. Like you would think like they, they might consider like, I don't know, doing something in the back room where he would say like, Oh yeah, I'm thinking about going to Colorado. Yeah. I think it's um like, because agents represent players on every team, you know, like I just think that there's, there's just too much cross pollination for that sort of thing to work out. It's hard to play teams like that. Uh, when, when, you know, like, after they told him he's guaranteed not to come back or he's not guaranteed to come back, Claude Giroux no longer has any sort of like, okay, well then what do I care what the return is? Like if they're not pieces to help me, why do I care about the return? I want to come back and help this team win. And you're telling me I'm not a part of that. And I don't blame Chuck for not guaranteeing it because he's got to formulate his own plan. And if G's not a part of it, G's not a part of it. I love Claude Giroux. I wish he could have been a flyer for life. I wish he could have lifted a cup here as captain. It doesn't appear like that's going to be the case. And I think it hurts Chuck Fletcher a lot more in the, uh, like you said, in the, credibility wise to just play Giroux and say, Oh yeah, I guarantee you're coming back and then not even make him an offer on July 1st. Like I think that would upset Giroux and his agent even more to the point that would hurt flyers in the free agent market. Yeah. I mean, listen, I I really want the details of what Giroux wanted to leak for an extension or well, it wouldn't be an extension obviously, but what, what did he want? Cause I can see a world in which it was very smart of Chuck to say no, but also a world in which he, he screwed it up. Yeah, like what if I'm I'm not saying he's not worth it in the short term, but what if G wanted six and six? Like, can you give that well, to you, him? You can get creative though with these. Yeah, I, I don't know the legal, but you can do the AAV up front the first couple years. I don't know. No, and that's like if he does come back, I'm hoping it's a long term deal with uh, you know that sort of it's you can only do so much now. Like it can only be worth like I don't know, a disparity of half or whatever you can't do it the way they did like pronger and carter contracts and shit but you can get creative and lower the average annual value by uh by giving longer term and honestly that makes sense considering what a player is you know in their late 30s like he should get paid less at that point so uh maybe they can work something out still um it kind of Feels like that's not on the table now, but it, it's, it's just a shit situation for both sides. I don't envy either of them. Yeah, last, last two things. I think center is their biggest need, like a 1C. So if they fall into the first two picks and they go chalk there, I'm fine with it. But, man, that six foot four um, Slavkovsky or whatever who put on a show at the Olympics, like if they yeah. hit him at three, I'd be very, very happy with that. Yeah, uh, definitely. They, they need so much. There's almost... 
like in terms of just bringing in talent, yeah, you can just misevaluate guys and prioritize the wrong things. But uh, you know, like giving Rasmus Ristolainen in twenty five and a half million, for instance. Uh, but in terms of just the talent they need, it's almost going to be hard for them to screw that part up because they need so much. Yeah. All right. Well, and just quickly, Kevin Hayes looking healthy after all those cleanup surgeries. Did not expect that. That is very good to see. Um, but that's all I got. Thanks again. Uh, thanks a lot, Barry. Yeah. And no, it's definitely, um, you know, we didn't know that the last issue was an infection until after the fact. It seemed like more a re-injury and the fact that it was an infection, that sucks for him. Uh, but they were able to, they were able to clean that up. They were able to figure that out and treat it. Um, rather than go in and like, you know, repair something again, uh, that bodes well. And he's, he's feeling much better. Obviously he looks much better and it's, they, they're going to need him. Like (laughs) they're paying him. They, (laughs) he's got to be a big part of this thing moving forward. If they're going to pull off what they want to pull off this off season, uh, Jason H Jason H you're live on the post game. Yeah. I guess the question I have to ask first off is, at the age that he is, if he's looking for a contract like Ristolainen, do we want to bring him back or do we want to get younger at this point? I mean, ultimately, what do I want? <laughs> I want to get younger. What do I think they're going to do? I think they're going to go out and get a bunch of 27 to 29-year-olds this offseason, yeah. which, um, Drew, it really depends on the contract, how I want to bring him back or not. I would do long-term for a low average annual value. I really would. I would rather that than overpay him for a short amount of time just to try to squeeze the, uh, the end of his career out of him. I'd rather just give him like seven years at $3 million cap hit. Yeah, yeah, something like that, yeah. And then um, the other thing is um, if, they're, if Ford is trying to create flyer itself, you know, Philip Myers is available. He, he cleared waivers. Phil Myers, after all that on Twitter yesterday, everyone being like, oh, why don't, why doesn't a contending team grab Phil Myers? Why doesn't a team looking to sell grab Phil Myers just as a placeholder, maybe something to throw in? 31 teams had a crack at Phil Myers, not one one of them. Phil Myers is a bad player. Last thing I'm going to say, I guess I owe G an apology for what I said yesterday. I guess he had no other options. It sounded like Florida was the only option on the table for him by what I've read recently. Yeah, it's a... Uh, it's going to be – we're going to find out more and more, and thanks, Jason. We're going to find more and more out about the uh, Giroux situation going into this offseason. I am sure of it. Uh, information comes out of this Flyers organization eventually. We're going to find out more shit. Um, I don't blame anyone in this situation. I think it just I think it just sucks. Sometimes things just suck, you know? Uh, Warren Brody in the comments said no one goes to the net like Risto. And I did want to point that out because I've been talking a lot of shit on Ristoline, and even though – Ultimately, I like him, and I want him – I don't necessarily want him, but I think there's a place for him in the lineup. Uh, I just think he got grossly overpaid. They overpaid to get him, and they overpaid him uh, to keep him. But like, I think there's a place for him in the lineup. I think he can be a useful third-pair defenseman. That said, that power move out of the corner to the net today was fucking awesome. Uh, that was sick. I don't care if there wasn't a goal. Um, that was a really that was really cool to see. Just a little bit of that offense. I want to see him unlock. Like if he can get going as a little bit more of an offensive contributor, I will be much uh, I will be much less down on Rasmus Ristolainen than I am currently because he's not a good defender. Like that's not his thing. He's not a stay at home defender. He needs to contribute offensively. I know he's big and he hits, but like 
stopping the other team from actually scoring isn't something he's great at. I will say when I went to the Nashville game, uh, he made some plays off the puck in the defensive zone that were actually pretty good. Uh, And perhaps if you watch him up close more often, you see more of that. But I tend to believe that that's not necessarily the case, and he just happened to have a good game, which he's capable of. He's very capable of good games, and that's why we say, like, oh, he's got number four defenseman upside. But on the whole – like usually what you get out of him is a third pair guy. I would like to see him compensated and, and, you know, deployed that way. I don't, you know, the compensation part, obviously not going to be the case. We will see how the next coach feels about deploying him. All right. Uh, do we have any more, uh, we have any more calls? We do not. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for hanging out. We are going to record a uh, BSH radio at some point after the trade deadline, uh, I believe there was talk of doing a Spotify green room live during the trade deadline tomorrow uh, with Kelly and Steve and whoever else can participate. So be sure to join them. I may or may not make an appearance. We'll see. Uh, it'll be a surprise. But uh, so we'll have you covered. We'll talk more Giroux. I'm sure we'll have plenty to talk about after these final 20 games. Here we are, fam. We're in the home stretch. 20 games left. We have the. Uh, we have the trade deadline on Monday, and then Tuesday is begins the final 20. So it's it's the season that never ends. There's finally light at the end of the tunnel, and then we can get to the offseason where the real work begins. Uh, but that's it for me. Like I said, thank you all for listening. Thank you for hanging out. If you haven't already, you got to hit that subscribe button. Search Broad Street Hockey wherever there are podcasts, and boom, content, content, content. I just ran you through some of the stuff we're going to do this week, but the content never stops at BSH Radio. In-season, post-season, off-season, uh, we pump it out for you. We keep the Flyers talk going. So be sure to subscribe to Broad Street Hockey. Maybe give us a five-star review. You know, it's been a little while since I've uh, hit you up about reviews and all that stuff. Do it. Just, you know, it's free. It'll take like five minutes of your time. Like if you go real slow, uh, it'll take less than five minutes. So uh, hit us up. Help us out. Give us them five-star reviews. Say some nice words about it. It's cool. Uh, Yeah, that's it. So uh, my name is Bill Matz. Until next time, have a great week, everybody.